This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John. I'm sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, John. I'm doing good today. Excited to be in here. And, man, I know we got a topic that, as a fan, mm-hmm. I find that this is really important because we're going to be talking about sure. some wrestling events. Absolutely. So today's episode, promoters, specifically for the promoters, the bookers, the boss man, the showrunner, whatever your title may be, with this episode, you can improve any wrestling event with just the tips that we talk about on this episode today. So this is crucial for, you know, like I said, promoters, bookers, the showrunner, whatever your title might be. We're going to get into that, but a lot of pe- a lot of times in independent wrestling companies, all those titles fall on one, you know, those hats all fall on one head, you know, you could yep. say. And in, in bigger promotions, you might have multiple people serving each role, but they all work together to put on a cohesive show. So we're going to give you some tips today. Um, I think this is super important for promoters and also, you know, wrestlers or wrestling fans. If you're listening, um, you might listen to this and think, well, I'm not a promoter or I, and I, I don't ever plan to be. Number one, never say never because I've seen so many wrestlers turn promoter. But number two, you might hear these tips and realize like, wow, that's why I didn't enjoy that event that I saw yep. or that event that I was on. I didn't really realize it at the time. I was just kind of like, man, why am I so you know down or bored? And you hear these tips, you might understand why. But before we get started, today's episode is inspired by some knowledge that I received from Brutal Bob Evans, the leader and creator of The Wrestle Life, and uh, uh, BrutalBobEvans.com. Check him out. Also, a man named Thomas Williams, who is the owner and operator of War Wrestling, based in Ohio. Check out War Wrestling on all social medias. You just type in at War Wrestling and check it out. I'll put some links in the description as well to The Wrestle Life and to War Wrestling of this episode. Those guys are super intelligent, and you need to follow them, okay? So we created this podcast specifically to help the struggling or the brand new professional wrestler make their journey to the next level, okay? Or take their journey to the next level, I guess I should say. That could be the big leagues. Like maybe you're a wrestler struggling and it's, you know, you're trying to move forward. We're going to get you to the higher place where you can get a guaranteed contract or something. Or it might just mean you're a pro wrestler who wants to branch out and keep surviving with a fair living on the independent circuit. Mm -hmm. Or... It could mean that we are wanting to get you started, trained the right way, and break into the wrestling business for your first match. I mean, that's that's what we started this podcast for, this company for. But along the way, you know, we've discussed, we've talked about referees, we've talked about managers a little bit. Most recently, we talked about ring announcers and commentators. And today, I want to focus on the actual boss man himself, or herself, the showrunner, the person in charge, the booker, you know, finds and negotiates with talent as well as crafting, you know, the actual card. The promoter makes sure that the show is properly advertised, uh, typically helps design the layout of the show. And the owner is someone who is, you know, funding, sponsoring the entire event. And truth be told, like I said well ago, in indie wrestling, sometimes all those hats fall on the same person, all right? So all those roles might actually just be assigned to one man. That's a tough job. It's a tough job individually. So one person's doing it all. It's crazy. I've seen that happen before. It's really, really tough. Um, It's one that comes with lots and lots of pressure, okay? So today, we are going to rapid fire some fast knowledge and tips that can help any showrunner put on the best event possible. 
Before we get started though, I wanna talk about Strong Style. That is our strength training workout program that we created for you. And you can get it at our website, www.howtobecomeaprowrestler.com. I'll also put a link to that in the description. Check that out, buy Strong Style, take it to the gym with you, use it for life if you want to, over and over again. And let us know how it goes, guys. Let us know. Show us your results on social media. Tag us at How to Become a Pro Wrestler or just find us on Facebook and our private Facebook group. Again, at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. So I want to emphasize once again that these tips are courtesy of Bob Evans and Thomas Williams, two guys that are infinitely smarter than me, okay? Which is why I want to give them credit for providing this list. And I want you, the listener, to visit them on social media and offer them the support for putting out such amazing knowledge. And a lot of times they're putting this stuff out for free. I shared one of Bob Evans' posts today. I think Bob Evans is out there putting out some of the absolute most amazing free wrestling content every single day. And as, as where Aaron and I speak a lot about the the physical and in-ring and and training aspect of pro wrestling. Bob Evans talks a lot about the financial side of pro wrestling, and you need both, guys. You need yep. both to make a successful career. So, um, if uh, but today's episode specifically, if you're a showrunner, you're the boss man. If any of those roles we just talked about apply to you, this is the episode for you. Okay. If you have any inkling in your mind that one day you're going to put on your first wrestling event this show might be for you. Or if you've done one wrestling event and you're cautious to ever do a second one because it didn't go perfect, this episode applies to you. Mm -hmm. I want you to listen to these tips because I think you can learn a lot today. Let's jump right into it. That's enough buildup. Let's get right into it. So I want you to use these tips to create an amazing pro wrestling event. All right, number one, right off the bat, start the show on time. Yes. Think, about, think about any other event you go to. Think about a band, and I know, yes, stuff happens. Think about a band. Think about going to the movie theater. Think about going to a play or a Cirque du Soleil or whatever you're doing. Do any of those shows start late? Very rarely, right? But starting on time is so important, Aaron. Like, I, it's, it's crucial for me. I can't stand mm -hmm. it when you're just sitting there and you don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, you have to start on time. If man, I'm I'm looking at my clock because I'm the guy mm -hmm. that's going to get there early. I'm not going to get there yes. super early, but I'm going to be there about 15 minutes early. Absolutely, get my seats, get ready to go. Yeah. If I have to wait five minutes, oh yeah, I'm already like, come on, I'm like what's it, happening? It, yeah, yeah, and it's already putting in my mind that this event may not be as as good as I was hoping it would be and because it's starting late. Anybody that just you know rolled their eyes and said, "Come on, Aaron, five minutes, guys," I'm dead serious. I'm I'm yeah. doing the same thing as a wrestler in the back. I'm telling you right now, if I'm a wrestler and I've been there, of course. Did it for 15 years, and I'm in the back, and I look, and the show has not started, like at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or whatever time it was on the flyer. I'm immediately like, "What's going on?" And after five minutes, I'm looking for somebody. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I know that I'm not asking every wrestler to do that. By all means, you know, like your 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 status in a company, you could probably only hurt yourself by going up to someone and saying, "Like, come on," and tapping your watch, but. There was a lot of times when I felt comfortable enough with a company because I wanted to know what was going on, or maybe it was really out of the ordinary, and uh, and I wanted to see if there's anything I could help with to get the show going. But um, guys, start your show on time. I'm telling you right now, you are immediately like hurting your your trust with yeah. the people in the crowd if the very first impression that you make is a 30 minute late show. Ridiculous, yeah. guys. Absolutely ridiculous. Now. Are there circumstances like the only one that I can think of that's even remotely forgivable in my eyes is like if you've got a freaking line down the street 
and people are coming in slow for some reason. Like, you know, I can get that. Maybe your, uh, maybe your, um, uh, your ticket taker or your, uh, your card reader, if you've got a card reader, which you better because we're going to get to that later, is not working properly and you're having to switch to cash. Like, I understand situations like that, guys. It's not that I'm, I, I haven't thought of all this stuff, but start the show on time. Nine times out of ten, you could have started that show on time. All right, you could have done it. Those those things are the one percent. Those little mistakes that happen or whatever. Start the show on time. If a wrestler or someone is holding you up because they're not there on time, I don't book them again. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Warn them first, and then if it becomes a pattern, you don't book them anymore. So you can't hold up your whole show for one person. I've seen that happen before as well. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, moving on. Sell tickets online, and be sure that you take card at the door. I just mentioned that. I want you to sell your tickets online. It's not that hard. There are plenty of apps, ticket providers. I think even Facebook has an option where yeah, you yeah. can create an event and, and link them to a PayPal or something and sell tickets online, guys. Sell tickets online. The days of just hoping that people show up at the door and buy a ticket are over. Those days are long gone. Sell as many tickets in advance as you possibly can guys because that's that's a huge major thing even for me like as i'm a personal trainer in real life right so like if i'm on the phone with a potential client or if i bring a client in and do like a free evaluation and i discuss their goals and stuff for them and i I always tell them i'm always like hey we're going to do a free evaluation it's going to be like a mini workout lots of stretching you are absolutely not financially obligated to me at all at the end of that session you don't want to work out with me you don't, have, you don't owe me a dime. It's completely free. But I tell you what, I try to sell them at the end of that session. Mm-hmm. I try to get their money right then and there. Because if they do want to proceed forward, I want their money while they're thinking about it, while they're excited about it, before they go home and have time to second-guess themselves or yeah. whatever. And that's for their, that's for their you know, benefit as well. Like It's, it's mm-hmm. not trying to rip them out of their money. I want them to capitalize. I don't want them to then go home and go like, you know what? i gotta buy, uh, I got to buy my, my kid a... Uh, a, a new backpack, or I got to buy a pot roast or yeah. something tonight, and be like, I guess I can't afford that. You know, uh, like I, I don't want them to really second guess themselves. So if somebody is looking online, they're going across Facebook, they see your flyer, they go, Oh man, that's awesome. There's there's Sam Stackhouse and uh, and whoever else on a flyer there. That looks amazing. I, w- I would like to go to that show. Where if they sell tickets? And they look and they see a link that says buy tickets now. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and buy them. I'm just gonna go ahead and buy them right now. Boom, bought, done. Same exact scenario. They look and go, I wonder if they, I wonder if they sell tickets. No, I guess not. Get them at the door. Okay, cool. I'll, yeah, I'll, I think I'll go to that event. And then it just completely goes away yeah. from their mind. Get them financially obligated as soon as possible and get them in the door, all right? Make your money. So um, also, take card at the door. It is not that hard, guys. You can get a, I mean, Square is what I use. You can get a Square and they'll send you the free card reader. And, you know, yeah, they charge you a whatever, a, Two percent every every like hundred dollars or something. I don't know something like yeah. that, guys. It's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. I mean, you got me, me specifically. I almost never have cash on me. Yeah, almost me never, and I'm annoyed if I have to go out of my way to get it. So, guys, take and and you know what? It doesn't even have to be card. There's so many other ways. Cash app. Mm-hmm. That's an app that I use as well, where somebody can take the camera on their phone. They can scan my phone because I have a little code, you know, John Bloodworth's personal training facility, whatever, you know. They scan that, it immediately goes, how much would you like to pay John? That's all you have to do, guys. Cash App, Venmo, all these things. Make that optional. Make it professional. Put your business name on there. Don't let it be, you know, hobo the clown at gmail.com. That's not what I want it to be. I want it to be, 
you know, war wrestling, or I want it to be, um, uh, you know, WFC wrestling. And that's, I want them to know, I want them to see the receipt when it pops up in their yeah. text message what they paid for. Make it as professional as possible. And uh, don't be sketchy at the door. Get somebody that's well trained and knows how to do it as well. And uh, take card, take electronic transactions. Mm-hmm. You have to do it in today. All right, guys, moving on down. This one is super important if you're trying to make money, okay? If you can sell concessions, you need to do it. Um, if you don't, you just left so much money on the table, guys. Uh, never, ever, ever, as well, never let the venue take all the concession money. A lot of times you'll have a venue that'll say, like, uh, and this is because they know. And if you don't know, then, you know, I'm now you know. I'm trying to help you out here. A venue sometimes will say, you know what, you keep all the ticket money. Let, let us just have a concession. Guys, they're, they're taking most of the money right there, probably. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, uh, it may not seem like it because a ticket is higher than a, a, a bag of popcorn, but imagine if you're letting kids in for free and each one of them has to get a bag of popcorn. Now you could have made money off of them after mm-hmm. all. So, guys, never let the venue take all of the concessions money. If you do, the, the $500 you just paid to rent that building is more like $2,000 now because you left all that money on the table. Run concessions if you can. If a venue says, do you run concessions or would you like us to? You run concessions. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard, okay? Get somebody that you trust, maybe two people that you trust, and make it super simple. Provide the, the like low-cost high volume items like popcorn and chips and stuff and and simple soda you need water and you need maybe two sodas maybe if that or just do all water you know no you can't go wrong with all water you might get some people disappointed but like you do freaking bottle water and get some 12 packs or 24 packs of soda get a few of those you know you also you go back right you go back and you think how many tickets am i going to sell how many people could potentially want a soda? Blah, blah, blah. Think That's how you think about it, okay? Yeah. You got to think about it like that, then you know how much you need. And you know, another thing, if you're going to run multiple shows and you got leftover bottled water, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I mean, I know you don't want to store a lot of stuff, but you can make a profit off of a 24-pack 24, a 24 of bottled water is somewhere, uh, I mean, in our area, it's pretty cheap, to be yeah, honest, yeah. but let's just say it's under 10 bucks, okay? I'll just say that. You charge two bucks a bottle, like, I mean, you know, there you go, guys. Like, you can make, you charge a dollar a bottle, you make a profit. Yeah. Boom, right there. But you charge two bucks a bottle, people are going to go, like, well, that seems expensive, but I need water. I'll yeah. get it. So just think about that, guys. People are going to expect to pay a little bit more concessions, too, okay? I mean, it's going to happen. You don't have to. I know some companies locally that really flip the switch. They were like, we're going to offer a premium item at the concession stand. We're going to do like pulled pork nachos Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And they sell those suckers. You know, you make that stuff for relatively cheap. You sell it for a pretty darn decent price. And you make so much money off of that. I'm not asking you to do that if you're not capable. Okay? If you don't have somebody that you can trust running a crock pot and some hot food, then don't run it. Don't do it. Do easy stuff. Put, Put your cousin that you trust out there. Uh, with bottled water and chips, he'll be okay. All right. Yeah, I would say if you're running concession, mm-hmm. uh, probably everyone that come that came in bought a ticket. They're yeah. going to at least get a drink at or least. popcorn or drink and a candy bar, drinking chips. Absolutely. So even if you make just a buck mm-hmm. profit off of selling those two items, yep. that's a dollar per head that you just made off of that. Perfect. And so. you do stuff like that. You do a you do a bundle. Well, just like we talked about with merch, you yeah. do a bundle that's like a bottle of water, bag of chips, and a candy bar. My goodness, put a little, you know, just make them a deal on there that you're still getting a profit out of. Get rid of that inventory. Awesome, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, even at if you if you're if you're running high on inventory or something at intermission, you can always make an announcement of of 
you know, temporary whatever percentage off of something. You don't want to make people mad that have already bought concessions, of course, but you, you make it really, really simple. Like it's it's 10 cents, 25 cents off on a certain item or something. Like think about that. Yeah. Something that you're running long on. Um, all right, moving on from the concessions. All right, super, super important if you're trying to make money, concessions. All right, do not underestimate concessions. Um, have a staff that can help fans navigate any lines, answer any questions, uh, find reserved seats or any other kind of question that might come up, okay? Um, and I say have a staff, and you might think, God, that's have a staff, you know, what, what are we talking about? Maybe it's two people, all right? How big is the show you're running? Are you running an arena? Are you running a high school gym? Are you running a community center that's very small? You might only need a couple people, you know? It's people that you trust, that are well-informed, mm -hmm. that can, you know what, that's super important thing here. I'm gonna go ahead and talk about that right now because there's a few other topics on here and we've already talked about one that where I want you to have people informed. You need to have a meeting with all your people, your staff, right? The person taking the tickets, the people navigating um, people to seats, the people running the concession stands, those, that staff, that staff, and explicitly tell them exactly what you expect. Yeah. How, how you expect their attitude to be, how professional you expect them to be. Speedy in getting people in and out, and in and out, in and out of the concession stand, in and out of the ticket booth, in and out of wherever you need them to go. Because you don't want to hold up lines, you don't want to make it a, a pain for people. You know, when I'm going to concession stand, I, I, I'm not a chit chatter, I like to walk up to the door, here's what I want, boom, got it, and I get out of the way of the next person. Yeah. I, I'm like, I want them to get their stuff. I want to sit down and watch my matches, like, absolutely. So. Have a staff that can help navigate fans. If you've got big lines, you need a staff that can guide people like, like, hey, I want you to go this, the best way to get to your seats is this way. Or, or that area, or you just, you know, if it's a small venue, of course, you can point and be like, hey, just letting you know there's tons of seats on the other side of the ring and y'all are more than welcome to go over there. Just stay on this side of the line. Just right. any simple stuff like that because people that you can't assume that people know that's another thing that i always was like kind of shocked about with wrestling events it's like you put chairs in certain areas and you do like funky setups and i've seen i've seen wrestling events that want to like experiment with weird chair setups and stuff that's fine whatever um but you don't assume that people just know like oh i could sit anywhere right like you know some people are like that section of chairs is weird it's like 10 seats shaped in a diamond obviously that must be meant for special people then you got a big blob of empty chairs out there that nobody was felt comfortable sitting in when really they could have but they never didn't want to sit there because they thought well that's weird that must be for specific people or something so never you know just nice friendly people if nothing else if they're not answering questions you got friendly people that are greeting people as they come through the show yeah and i would add to that make mm -hmm. sure that if, if you can make sure that they have a shirt on that all matches perfect and that they're just clean and look nice because i ran into that too and, yes. that, and that's your first impression with people yep. is hit, hitting the door that should so. be in that staff meeting mm -hmm. i want them wearing all the same t-shirts or uh, all the maybe it's your company's logo yeah. all the same shirts or maybe they're all just wearing black polo shirts that's fine, guys. Tucked into whatever, jeans, tucked yeah. into slacks, whatever you want them to be wearing, but I want every single freaking one of them dressed exactly the same. I'm sorry, but it makes a big difference, guys. It does. It, it, makes, it really does. It makes a massive difference. That's why businesses do employee uniforms or whatnot. I, I love it. I want to know, you know, there's a grocery store here in town, in our town, where all the employees wear... Um, uh, the same style of shirt, the same style, like it's like a button up, like checkered shirt. Mm -hmm. And I instantly know that I can go to this person for help. 
I, it's super important to me. So have, have everyone in, if it's not your company, if you have t-shirts with your company's logo on the front, that's great. Put them all in those t-shirts. I'm fine with that. I, I would say too, because I, um, it, man, it presents quality. Yeah. And that's what you want the yes. people to think when they get to the show is this is going to be a quality 100%. event. Um, so I, I went to yeah. WD, WWE event mm-hmm. in uh, Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you're waiting in the long lines, you yeah. get there, but they had, I'm assuming this was paid from the people they got in Oklahoma City, right. but they were doing security, mm-hmm. so they're checking you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, doing the uh, metal detectors and yeah, all yeah. that. But the people that were working were just sketchy, man. Yeah, like I didn't like they they didn't know what they were doing. Right, half their teeth were out. I was yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. really your security. And I'm sure it wasn't WWE. I'm sure it was the local. Who oh, oh, one percent. Yeah, yeah, at the event center. Yeah, yeah, of course. But. Um, Man, it uh, it kind of hit me just a little bit off because yeah. I'm expecting this big professional thing, and yes. then I get hit with that that at the beginning. After that, it it was awesome, but uh, that was the first impression, though. Yeah, I, I do want to say so because we're this this one's become a little more broad, and that's great. This is about staff in general. So, security. When it comes to security on your show, and a lot of the smaller wrestling organizations can't, you know, they don't seem to either afford or want to afford proper security and a lot of times it's not needed I understand mm-hmm. that these people that are helping navigate people could also be part of the security like yeah. I, I get that but here's where everyone everything goes wrong and it goes right back to what I was talking about you have to communicate with them you have to let them know what you expect you have to let them know you know uh, and this especially I'm dead serious if you have a wrestler that is at some point in the night gonna run through the crowd and jump over the barricade and, and jump in the ring let the freaking security guards know so they don't tackle your wrestler as he's coming in. Or, like, vice versa, tell them, if you see somebody that we have not informed you, cross that barricade, you need to restrain them mm-hmm. or uh, in some way. That needs to be communicated to your referees and your security. You need to keep them in. That, like, kayfabe, like, keep secrets of all your staff, nonsense. That stuff is gone. You have to let them know because you want your show to run smoothly. I don't want to see some fan dive in the ring because the security guards are, like, looking at each other. And I've seen it. Yeah. They're looking at each other like, should we, is that is that part of the show? What are we doing? Let them know, guys. All you got to do is let them know. And it, it almost becomes, it's almost to the point to where it's kind of, we were talking to Burnham about, you know, ring announcers and commentators and filling them in as, as if they're important. And they are important. Yeah. It's the securities of everybody that you've hired to be on your show is important. important. I don't care what you're paying them. They, they have a role now and they're important. And you want them to be a seamless part of your event that's going to overall provide, you know, let people see your quality and whatnot. So pretend like they're important, guys. Make like, because they are. So you need to be like, oh, man. My security is important. I need to communicate with them because I want them to be a part of this show in, yeah. in the right way. So it, communicate. Yes. Is, and so I'm going to add one more yeah, to this. No, and I love this. I'm glad that this one's gone longer. I think we could have probably did a whole episode on staff. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. So because I see this at a lot of shows mm-hmm. because, you know, that you got concession and they're going yeah. and people are going to spill stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like because yeah, they're yeah. getting up and down. They're cheering. They're yep. kids running around. And I think every, every show I've been at, someone has knocked over a pop. Sure. And then they're like, who's going to clean it up? So, oh, then they, yeah. so then they just go, the fan just goes and gets a bunch of paper yeah, towels yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to clean it up. And yeah. they always try. But, man, I've never seen that at a show, and it just popped in my head because yep. I had to clean up a mess with one of the shows that we right. hosted here locally. Right, right. Um, in uh, the gym that I run. Yep. And I was out there, and I was dressed pretty nice, and I'm out there with a mop and yep. a bucket, and I'm cleaning everything yep. up. I was like, man, it'd be nice if 
communicate. Think, well, if the show yeah. just had someone designate, hey, yes. if you see a spill, can you be the person to take care of it? Here's the mop. Here's what we need to do with it. You tell uh, your you tell your security guards and you but, tell your concession stand members that they should be that they they can be responsible for yeah. that. Like well, if they be, see it, do something. Yeah, because yeah. what happens? Because you know, if mm-hmm. you stayed and cleaned up after a show and oh, someone yeah. spilt a soda, oh yeah, and then afterwards everyone has walked in it and oh, they're yeah. sticky, sticky everywhere. Footprints for so, miles. Yeah, yeah. So now instead of cleaning up a little spot, yep. you're cleaning up the whole freaking floor. So anyway, so if you're if you're sitting there and you see somebody spill something, it has immediately become your responsibility to either take care of it or. Communicate with someone that will take care of it. Yeah, I think that would be just an idea to assign a person. It's, it's you, a great, you are a person oh, it's, it's that a great idea. If you've got if you've got three people working in your concession stand, you let one of them know, like, hey, you are kind of the extra help. I want you to do anything that the people in the concession stand need. I also want you responsible for spills. You have to get a wet floor sign. You have to get a mop. Whatever you got to do. And you communicate with your security guards, but and it's easy because you do this all in one meeting. Yeah, right? you do this all in one meeting. You have a a laptop or you have your your notepad that's written out and you say hey security guards this nice person is going to be in the concession stand if you see a spill that you cannot take care of for whatever reason maybe you have a you can't leave your post whatever you communicate with them that they need to take care of this all right so you can avoid kind of what Aaron was just talking about tracking stuff around the entire arena mm-hmm. so anyway we uh, I'm glad that's a good topic let's move on to the next one but uh, um, your staff is super important you need to communicate with them all right you need to have them so, make wrestlers available for picks and autographs. That is a super easy thing to do. It doesn't have to be every single wrestler. If it is a high-ticket wrestler, if you have your champion or an otherwise super popular wrestler or somebody that you're bringing in special for your show, you need to make that part of your social media campaign and be like, this person is going to be available at this time for picks and autographs. Otherwise, get your wrestlers that aren't otherwise preoccupied. Um, maybe you've got rest, and this happens. I've been this person. This is how we all start. You've been that person that that is just kind of extra on a show, and you have your quick match, and it's done, and uh, you're done early. You know, so you what do you do? You change clothes, you eat, you watch the show, maybe, or you tell them, hey, I would like everyone to stay in their gear, and at intermission, I'd like for you to just walk around the ring and sign autographs and greet the fans. Yeah. You know, you get your baby faces to do that. And the certain heels in certain aspects can do that as well. If they're really good heel, they know how to do that properly and remain a heel. Um, so have your wrestlers available so you can fill some of those downtimes. Also, when fans are coming into the arena and and it's everybody's getting their seats, you got two, three wrestlers around the ring or even uh, just – just uh, mingling amongst the crowd or whatever, specifically for that reason, that's fine. Have them available. It might be two, three baby faces, young baby faces. Have them in their gear so they don't look like a fan, so they're not in T-shirts and jeans. They're in gear. People know they're wrestlers. They've got a, they've got stuff available. I don't care if they, they sign free autographs or they direct them to a merch table. That's another important thing. If you got a merch yeah. table, stand behind that merch table. I mean... I'm I'm sad that it took me half of my career as a pro wrestler to find out that the more I spent time behind my merch table, not just like having my wife or or my buddy, you know, selling the stuff, I stood behind the stuff. I sold triple the amount if I was there. So much more if I was actually there. And that might have just been because they got to to interact with my personality and they were convinced they wanted it or it might have been because they didn't know me at all and they finally saw who I was and yeah. just wanted to buy it, but the more time you spend behind your merch table, the more time you spend picks, autographs at the fans, the more stuff you're going to sell. Make money. That's what it's all about. All right, moving on. Your ring needs to look nice, all right? It is the first thing that fans see. And if they've never seen one live, 
they're going to be obsessed with every detail. Yeah. If you get a fan that's never seen a pro wrestling ring up close and personal, they're going to be obsessed with it, and you should make it look nice. Um, this also helps make your wrestlers feel safe. Um, your, if your wrestlers have never been there before, the nicer your ring is, the more upkeep you have on your ring, the more they're going to do for the fans because they're going to feel safe. So yeah. don't let your ring look like crap. If it's got rusty turnbuckles, and, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, freaking guys, spray paint those freaking things. It's all you yeah. got to do. Spray paint it or, you know, if you've got broken welds or something or, or sharp corners, you need to do something. Take care of it. Yeah. Take care of it. May have a nice apron around the ring so people aren't staring at all the junk you pile underneath it. Make sure it's not a droopy, saggy apron. Um, have a ring crew, have a security crew as well that can help do this. And this is part of your communicating with the staff as well. If, if the apron gets saggy halfway through the show, somebody goes out there and fixes it, all right? And you need to have people assigned to do that. You need to have be sure that security, if they can't do that themselves, they can communicate with the back and go, man, that apron's saggy. They, they go to the back real quick. They say, hey, I just want to let you know on the north side of the ring, the apron is really, really droopy. You can see right underneath the ring. That stuff's important, guys. It's, it's really important. So make it look nice, especially when people are coming into the show. I want it to look beautiful. Yeah. So, hey, if you're yep. just getting started and you're looking to be a promoter mm -hmm. um, and you're looking at having to buy a ring and sound system, all that, but in this case, particularly the ring, mm -hmm. I would make one suggestion because I've been to some shows mm -hmm. and they have rings that are like low to the ground yeah. and ones that are higher. Yeah, yeah. And the ones that are, I don't know how high they are. I know yeah, they yeah. come up to my hip. Sure. Those just appear so much better oh, than the yeah. ones that are really low to the ground. So if you're getting started yep. in this or thinking about it, 100%. make sure you invest. Don't it's, it's worth invest the money. in one that's higher. It's worth the money to get a, a more you know television-looking ring, a, a, a taller ring. I've been in everything. I've been in rings that are what I would consider to be the appropriate height, which is somewhere in the like three and a half, four foot probably height. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe shorter than that. Um, like you said, hip height, they're yep. a little higher. Um, I've been in low boys as what you were kind of referring to low boys kind of almost more like a boxing ring or yeah, whatnot like it, it's it they're really low to the ground i understand that they are sometimes it's the only option you got if you're in a venue that has a really low ceiling yeah. um if you run exclusively in one place that has a low ceiling maybe that's what it is but it definitely makes you look less than it, it makes your company and it makes your wrestlers look less than okay it really really does it's all about pro wrestling is all about larger than life it's all about feeling big to your fans or whatnot. I've told, I've told short wrestlers to never run around the ring and high-five fans. I tell them to come through the entrance and go straight in the ring and go to the corner mm -hmm. and, and scream at their fans and, and all that stuff because I don't want them to know how short they are. Now, I mean, that's not, that's not absolutely crucial. You can be larger than life with your performance as well. And, but, you know, a lot of times I tell wrestlers, if you're not known for being a high flyer, fat, like Rey Mysterio, nobody cares how yeah. short he is. We know that he's really short. It's part of his appeal. He's lightning fast. He's super short. Um, that's, that's great. He's a cruiserweight, all that stuff. If you are a wrestler that is kind of, you know, booked or, or billed like a, I don't know, like a, like a Stone Cold or like a, like a Rock or Triple H or something, and then you get it ring, you know, all those guys are six foot one, six foot two, six foot three. You now, then you get ringside with a fan that's five foot eleven, and you're a lot shorter than them. Mm -hmm. It's tough, man. It's a tough sell. Yeah. So you know, going straight into the ring, and but anyway, that just kind of goes with what Aaron was saying. If you get, if you're in a low ring, and then you get small wrestlers, it just looks less than guys. I'm sorry, but it's just true. So keep that in mind. Uh, make your ring look nice. All right, moving on. This one, man, this one drives me absolutely up the wall. Have a nice and tested sound system and microphone. Yeah. The better it sounds, the better your show is. 
Fans want to hear names and songs clearly. Which that goes back to kind of what Chris Burnham was talking about with us. We want to hear it clearly. That goes yeah. back to how they, how your your announcer speaks. Uh, but you know, then also wrestlers, if they're doing promos, that's how they speak. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, if you're in a building with bad acoustic acoustics and or you have bad equipment, it doesn't matter how clearly they yeah. speak. So, test your, that is that drives me nuts when when. If I'm there, if I get there, if I'm a wrestler and I get there like two or three hours early, and I notice that I haven't heard one single sound check while I've been there, dude, I say something. And again, I'm not asking wrestlers to take that upon themselves, but I'm asking promoters to know that I notice. I absolutely notice. So you need to test your sound system. I used to offer it, and I, that's kind of used to be how I would approach it at shows. If I'm a wrestler, and again, I did this with the people I was more comfortable with, mm-hmm. and I noticed they hadn't done a sound check. I would find the microphone and I would say, hey, you want me to run a sound check for you or something like promo sound check? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I would take the microphone and I would walk all through the the chairs, you know, where the fans were going to sit. And I would just start cutting a promo, like just a random just promo, just just a a constant speaking, you know, sentences to make sure that the microphone was never going to cut out anywhere. So then, you know, for a fact that if you're in the ring, it's never going to cut out. So super important. Play music. Make sure that your music works. If you have a screen and you play videos and stuff, make sure they sync up. Make sure your videos are going to work. I can't stand that when I see the show happen and I see, like, maybe the music's playing, but then I just see somebody's, like, desktop on the screen behind them and I see a mouse scrolling around. I'm like, it just looks so unprofessional, guys. I just don't like it. So if that's the case, if you can't avoid that, do away with the video. That's fine. You don't have to have a video. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of great promotions that just run on curtains and a sign mm-hmm. it's great have good quality music that runs well that that is nice and loud you can hear it and uh, same thing with the microphone i'm telling you right now uh, there were places where i would get uh assigned a promo They'd be like john we want you to cut a promo about this tonight I'd be like oh that's awesome and then i would find out where we were going and if i knew for a fact that, that place had bad acoustics i either requested that we don't do the promo that night or I completely modified it in a way that like, like in a, in a situation where maybe I would go up there and cut a five minute promo, I would modify it to a 90 second promo because I knew that people were only going to get like the bare minimum of what I was going to say anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sit there. Um, I used to wrestle in Tulsa, Oklahoma and there is an indoor soccer arena in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there used to be professional wrestling events there may still be even, Mm -hmm. And I knew, it, I probably did three shows there, and I quickly found out, wow, this is not a promo venue. This is not a place for good promos. I will not cut long-winded promos here because no one can hear them. All they're hearing is rah, 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 on yeah. the microphone. That's all they're hearing, and it's not worth it. So in that situation, you modify your promo. You say distinct, particular things that people can't miss, and you get in and out quick. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Like, like, have a nice tested sound system. Um, also, play music throughout the night. Yeah. Okay, not during matches and stuff. I've been to companies that do that. Don't do that. I don't like that. But when fans are coming in, when it's intermission, as fans are leaving, I want some music playing. Yeah. I do not like at all people having to sit there. Uh, I mean, let's let's combine all the worst case scenarios. Let's say you're sitting there, the show's already started five minutes late, and it's dead quiet in there. Oh my god, it's the worst. Yep. It's the absolute worst. Play some music, guys. Play it softly during intermission. When you have your ring announcer doing things, 
have some soft music playing behind him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's fine. You don't do it during matches or doing wrestlers promos, but you can have some nice music playing in the background yeah. of uh, of uh, your uh, your ring announcer and stuff. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, no, because you have to set the atmosphere. Yes, and if you if you don't, if your guys aren't in the ring and your yep. ring announcer's not doing anything like at, at intermission mm-hmm. and stuff's going on, you need something to set the atmosphere for Absolutely. them. Absolutely, I, I can't stand like restaurants. I mm-hmm. go to a restaurant, oh, there's yeah. no music and it's yeah. super like quiet. Yeah, I'm like everyone can hear me like chew my food, it's, and it and it's yes. and it's like you just can't enjoy yourself. Yeah, because you're worried about you know the other stuff that's yeah. going on around you. I totally agree. I, I mean. It's, you can relate it to like I went to the movie theater this past weekend and uh, during quiet parts I won't eat popcorn like it, yeah. it drives me crazy yeah but think about that with with wrestlers and stuff now eating their popcorn at ringside or just being being like wondering why is it so if you have some music you might be able to distract them a little bit if yeah. you're running a few minutes late set the atmosphere like Aaron said that's yeah. the most important thing yeah. so we got a few more left here let's let's go into them so do raffles if possible follow your state guidelines do some research on your state or the state that you're running in to find out exactly what you can offer and how you can take money and stuff like that but do a raffle you might have something you might have some eight by tens from wrestlers and you cut them in on it you might have some some memorabilia some wrestling mm-hmm. action figures some dvds or something or whatever you might have something a higher ticket item you might have a freaking guitar or, or who knows what. I've, yeah. I've seen companies give away motorcycles before, you know, big companies and whatnot. But do some raffles if possible. Um, find out exactly what your state guidelines are because that can change. But raffles are a really great way to make some extra money. You know, Yeah, yeah I like these when they have these, especially if mm-hmm. the, sometimes the money goes to a good cause, which yes. is always nice. Absolutely. Um, but I, I've never won any of these. There was one, though, I was mm-hmm. at. And they were raffling off um, some signed merchandise from like Kane yeah. and McFoley and stuff, yeah, yeah. and uh, certified, you know, yep. uh, authenticity stuff. Oh yeah. And I was like, man, no one was bidding on it right at first, so I started just bidding. Sure. And luckily, another guy started bidding. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got like a hundred bucks. I was like, yeah. I don't got a hundred bucks on me. This guy hoped the yeah. guy bids again, and uh, he did, and he won. But I think that thing sold for like a hundred and fifty dollars nice. or something. Heck yeah. And I don't know what it cost them, but it, it was yeah. nice to see that they had that and, and made some money. And I think that one actually went to. Uh, whoever they were doing the show for, because it was the there one up in Owasso, they do it for. Okay, so kids. like kids with cancer and yeah, stuff. And yeah, stuff absolutely, like that. that's great. And if you can do uh, raffles and stuff for stuff like that, that's amazing. Um, be honest with people though. Yeah. Maybe your raffle is for um, for your company that yeah. you're there. So, hey, this is to, to support um, uh, NWO, the company, whatever. That's great. Just do that. That's that's perfectly fine. Be honest with people. Let them know. Have cool stuff too. Have reasonable stuff. Put together a package or like a freaking you know like a freaking Easter basket but full of wrestling goodies. Like that's yeah. great. Do cool stuff like that. Be sure it's clean, nice stuff. Um, you know, you're selling your old used action figures. All right, they better be freaking nice and clean though. Like I I, I don't know what to tell you, but like that I don't want to see dirty old. Uh, shirts or, or stuff like that. That's not what we're looking for. All right, we're looking for good stuff. Make them want to invest in your in your raffle. That's a great thing. Silent auctions, another great. Yeah, auction. sorry, I was talking silent auctions when you're talking raffles. That was my best. No, that's fine. That's I didn't even it, I didn't, it, raffles applied there too. But like silent auction where people are bidding um, uh, silently with just writing stuff down on paper or whatever. Like that's great. Those are awesome too. Same same you know kind of uh, uh, category there. Like yeah. Yeah, I, I know my boys in particular like these raffles because if yeah. the person at the door says, "Hey, we're going to give a raffle away mm-hmm. at intermission," then you know immediately mm-hmm. they're they're ready to see if they're going to win whatever the prize. Oh, is. of course, so. yeah. All right, guys, moving on here. Invest in a quality ring announcer who can speak clearly and pump up the fans. This will help keep the flow going and the atmosphere going. So you know, I like to. We, yes, we just did a whole episode on ring announcers, by the way. If you missed it, go check it out. We talked to Chris Burnham, who has been a ring announcer for decades here in the state of Oklahoma. 
he had some really great points. Go listen to that. But um, uh, this is kind of my addition that uh, uh, I hope Chris Burnham doesn't mind. But uh, I want you to think about the clowns at the circus. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I so I love. You know, like, I love, like, Cirque du Soleil. I'm a big fan. I always go see Cirque du Soleil when they're in town. Um, you don't really see, like, those, you know, you don't, you never see, like, the old school circus with animals and stuff anymore, rightfully so, because, you know, it was bad for the animals. But, like, the clowns at a circus are meant to, like, keep the stuff flowing yeah. in between all the big events mm-hmm. so so that you're not just sitting there on your hands. Yep. So your ring announcers are kind of your clowns. I'm not saying they're clowns. I'm saying they're kind of like that. They play that same role. Mm-hmm. They can be entertaining. This is not an insult. They can keep people engaged um, so people don't ever get bored as you transition between things like you know different matches or intermissions. They let the fans know what's going on. Yeah. Um, why is there no match taking place in the ring right now? What what you know like what's at the concession stand? If you got something special, got the silent auction going on. Maybe people didn't notice the silent auction. This is what the ring announcers are there for, and you want to have somebody quality in that position that yeah. you can depend on and that you've communicated with clearly. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to know more about ring announcing, check out that episode with Chris Burnham. It's a really great episode. All right, guys, moving on. You need food and you need water in the back for your talent. Absolutely. You you don't need a huge meal. It does not have to be WWE catering. You know, it's, it's legendary. I got to experience it. I'm happy I got to experience it. It's, you know, a, a bigger – they had a bigger buffet than any restaurant you can think of that has a buffet. That's what they had there backstage at WWE. It's legendary. But um, you don't have to do that, all right? You just need food and water in the back. Um, and, and that's just bottled water. Um, ice it down. Show them you care. Have some snacks for them. It can be some freaking uh, Welch's fruit snacks for all I care. Have some granola bars for them. Something. I want you to think about, like, wrestlers that drive a long way to get to your show. Maybe they didn't get to stop and eat. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you have some type of food back there, some some protein bars, some power bars, some granola bars, some snacks, general snacks, whatever you got, as well as Water, please, water. Throw in some Gatorade, that's awesome. That's that's fantastic. But uh you know, and I've been to companies that had some good catering. They would get Charlie's chicken or somebody to bring in some some grilled chicken, you know, bundles or whatever, like for catering. That's another great thing as well. Um keep that in mind, guys. You need that in the back. It just shows that you care a little bit more. So all right. Next up, have a monitor in the back for talent to watch the show. Super important. Put up a monitor that everyone can see, put it in a place where people can gather around and watch the show. It is important, and wrestlers, watch the show, please. You need to watch the show. It is super important for you to know, not just so you can see what else is happening, see if you know, maybe there's a, a flub up with communications and your match has a, has a DDT finisher and you just watched a match happen with a DDT finisher. Or yeah. maybe the referee was attacked in, in this match and it was also supposed to happen in your match. Uh-oh, we gotta change plans. Like mm-hmm. just, that's important too. Really, a, a booker promoter should be able to help navigate that. But uh, um, it's also good to watch. Also, you might just see like, what are other people doing? What do I need to improve on? Things like that. It's important. Yeah. So check out the monitor in the back. Have one available for your talent. Um, you need to have designated entrances and exits for talent to leave and return backstage. That's not just the curtain that sends them to the ring. Even though that, of course, is important. I think we all know that. You need to communicate with talent. Because I've worked with a lot of companies that just have a, a set of curtains that block the backstage area. Maybe there's not an actual room designated as a locker room. Maybe it's just a divider of an entire gymnasium or something yeah. that fans aren't allowed back. Clearly define that as well. So your security should be able to help keep fans from going back there. Let talent know that they can't just burst through the curtain at any designated point. Have a designated 
side on the east side and then on the west side where they're like, hey, if you need to go to the concession stand, it's over there. You need to go to the bathroom, it's over there. Have some arrows, you know, some tape, use some white tape on black curtains to create arrows to, to let people know where they can go. Don't have wrestlers just plowing through your curtain and potentially knocking it down or, or just making it look generally un, you know, unprofessional by people going in and out of random places. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to do that. Designated entrances and exits. All right, sell merchandise to your fans. That is a billboard for your company. Aaron's talked about that before as well. Have merchandise of your company, of your wrestlers. This is a billboard for you, okay? Sell it to people, be it T-shirts, be it buttons, pins, be it patches, stickers, whatever it needs to be. You should have something with your company's logo on it that you can sell to the fans. Man, and if if you're a promoter and you have the organization going, and I would even consider i know sell it if you can mm-hmm. but if you if you can give something away and they're going to wear that shirt consistently yes. i mean that's free marketing yes so even at that point buy a good shirt Absolutely. or a have your website on the back yeah yeah bumper and, sticker yep, yes whatever it is and have have that there and think about the possibility if you're making enough money to be able to give some of the those away absolutely give them away which goes perfectly with the with the Actually, I'm going to pair it with this one real quick. I'm going to jump over one and pair it with this one out because I want to say reserve seating if possible and sell your tickets in advance. If you sell tickets the night of your show to the next show and give them a free sticker, that's awesome. Yeah. Do stuff like that. Let it, give them some free promotion for your show, but you need to do that. You need to reserve seating if possible, meaning sell those tickets online in advance and have them specific seats that those um, people, your staff can guide them towards to let them know that they have special tickets and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you could also have a uh, you could have an extra person who is uh, there to take the tickets of reserved seaters. Like mm-hmm. you could have that as well on the other side of the ticket booth or something. Um, sell tickets in advance, super super important. Let them in an hour early for buying a higher price tickets. Yes, an hour early, which means what? It means you need to have the atmosphere already set, the music already playing. Let people in early and have some wrestlers walking around the ring. That's great, guys. Do, make it a thing for them. All right. Yeah. All right, I just talked about this one on my social media because I'm very passionate about it, all right? You need a good setup and teardown crew, and it needs to not be talent. Should wrestlers help set up the ring? Absolutely. Should they have to? Absolutely not. You should have a crew. It is on you. Yes, you, the promoter, the booker, the showrunner, the boss. It is on you if your show is not getting set up on time because you didn't create the proper crew to do it. Now, that might mean... No wrestler should have to be obligated unless they are maybe your trainee and the most important part, you have communicated with them that it's their part of their job. Yeah. That's the thing. Because I see people expect wrestlers to just show up and, and help. No way. Absolutely no freaking way. You cannot just assume they're going to show up and help. Mm-hmm. You should have a crew that is qualified to do this or train them so they are qualified to do that. And you can get wrestlers to help if they just want to pitch in out of the kindness of their heart. That's awesome. Do that. If you have a team of wrestling trainees or security guards that want to be wrestlers in the future, and you say, you are required to be part of my ring crew, that's great. That's perfectly fine as long as you've communicated that to them, okay? Um, I also ran through a scenario on my social media. Imagine the, the booker calls a wrestler, and he says, hey, I really want you on my show how much do you charge? And the wrestler says, I charge $300 and I and, and travel. I, I, I want $300 and then I want my travel. I'll provide receipts, all that good stuff. The promoter says, I cannot do $300. Um, I can do 200 but I can't afford your travel as well. 
and the wrestler says, no, no, um, you know, that won't do for me. Can you just do the 300 without the travel? You know, you just kind of go back and forth with negotiations, yeah. and eventually you settle on something. Maybe eventually you either you offer this or the booker offers this. They say, hey, I tell you what, I'll pay you the 300 as long as you show up two hours early and help with my ring setup. I'm down a man. Yeah. Awesome. I'll see you there. Mm-hmm. That's great. Make You have to communicate clearly, though, okay? You have to communicate. And some wrestlers aren't going to want to offer that. But if you don't mind, do it. Yeah, That's great. Definitely. If you don't mind and, you, and, and you're like, yeah, absolutely, I'll take, I'll take $50 less um, as long as this happens or that happens. And the, or the promoter says, I, I can't pay you that much, um, but I can pay you this as long as you show up to help ring crew. That's great. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. Communication and negotiation is key. All right. I, we already kind of hit this one. Let me say it one more time. Sell tickets in advance, okay? Sell tickets the night of your show for your next show. Your ring announcer can help with that. The people selling tickets at the door can also say, hey, um, maybe, okay, so let's say you've got two places for, for tickets. You've got one that is for the reserved seaters, and you got one for the regular general admission or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that person for the reserved seaters is probably going to see a lot less people, right? Of course. So you have your general admission people say, hey, Thank you for coming tonight. Your ticket's $10. Also, if you'd like to go ahead and buy tickets for the next show, she'll see you. And you have that person taking care of that as well. So that's something you can do there to kind of help. Sell advanced tickets for your next show. Get them right now while they're interested in wrestling. We've already covered that. Do it. Get them. All right, guys. Um, Make sure. It's such a simple thing that gets overlooked. But make sure you have enough change for things like your tickets, like your merchandise tables, um, your concession stand, your raffles, whatever you're selling. Make sure you have enough change for each individual area. And again, most importantly, make sure that you're taking electronic payments, be that card or Venmo or Cash App, whatever it might be, be able to, to be able to do that, okay? And advertise that you can do that. Advertise that on your website, on your flyer. Put the little, put the little freaking Cash App logo in the bottom of your flyer. On your flyer, you could have your Cash App ID, and people could scan your flyer and buy tickets mm-hmm. on the street yep. if they wanted to. Guys, is that, I mean, holy crap. Like, we're in a whole new era now, right? Even though this has been going on for years, you should already be on top of this. I want you to think about that. You go to your local gas station. You're doing it old school. You're going to your gas station. Hey, can I hang up this flyer? Absolutely. Put it right there in the window. And at the bottom, there's a freaking QR code that people can scan with their phone and just buy tickets right there. Amazing. There you go. Perfect. Do that. You don't have to leave, to, you know, because this is this gets done here locally sometimes, and it works really well locally. So if it works, it works. That's great. But you know, one of the local promoters leaves tickets at some of the gas stations that he's uh, in promotion with here in town. They sell paper tickets at the gas station. Yeah. But you know what? You could also tell the gas station attendant if the flyer is on their table or on their window or wherever on their front door. Hey, all people have to do is scan this code. They can buy a ticket online. Like, yeah. Boom, done. There you go. You don't have to worry about holding up a line, selling paper tickets, or tracking paper tickets. You just do it that way. All right, guys. I got two more for you, and they're very, very important. Let's hit them. Set a budget for your show. Stick to it. You're trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is a business. You want to make money. Imagine if I set up my uh, a personal training business or whatever it might be, and... I didn't think about my budget at all or think about like, well, I've got to pay my house payment, my car payment. I got to get my dog's dog food. I got to pay for this and that, my water and electricity. Set a budget, guys. Know how much you want to make, how much you want to spend, and then stick to it. Yep. 
That's it's clear as day. If you can't fit a wrestler or a a something else within your budget, then you don't need to get it. All right, or you or, or you need to make uh, you need to make whatever you need to do to get to to. Oh, you know what I mean. You need to work it out to where you can get all these things. This has been a lot longer episode than I thought it would be, <laughs> yeah. but it's a great episode. Um, but uh, you need to get everything working together, communicating together to where you can afford the best quality show. All right. Yeah, and I know you've said that we've said this a yeah. lot, or you've, you've repeated it quite a bit, but mm-hmm. you know, sell tickets in advance. This is yes. one way that you can you, be able to set your budget because you if you right. know you sold, you know, seventy-five yep. tickets, you got this much in hand already for the show. It's perfect. It's a great mm-hmm. way to start worrying about that budget, guys. All right. Last but not least, super important to me, you need to have a schedule and you need to stick to it at all costs. Not only do you need to start your show on time, you need to end your show on yeah. time. If you tell people this is going to be a two-hour event from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., that show needs to be over at 9 p.m. I understand that you can yell at me and tell me that you saw an awesome concert and the band, you, you know, the fans were having a great time and they demanded one more song and the band gladly gave it to them. Okay, I get that. Yeah, it could even happen in wrestling. For the most part, enough is enough, guys. Stick to the time, set a schedule, and stick to it. Mm-hmm. And when I say at all costs, that means if you have an amazing main event that you know people paid to see, you got this one big match that people absolutely paid to see and you know that it's the one that they wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And you realize that it's 8.30 and your show is running long, supposed to be over at 9, and your show's going to run long because you got two more matches left before your big main event, what are your options here? Cut down those two matches to such a short amount of time that they don't really matter and, and it still eats away at your main event's time, or you pull those two matches. Yeah. No hard feelings. I'm so sorry. You make it up to those wrestlers in any way that you possibly can. You still pay them, of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You still pay them. Um, you still let them sell their merch and keep their merch money. But, guys, I'm so sorry. We made a huge error on time. Or we had that big mistake with the ticket readers and we, we, we started late. Yeah. We still have to end at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just because you started 30 minutes late does not mean you get to end 30 minutes late either. I'm, but you still got to do that main event, though. Trust me. That has to happen. If you're advertising Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold and you decide, like, you know what, we'll just cut the last match and not have Stone Cold tonight. Are you crazy? Are you insane? That's not how that works. Have a schedule. Stick to it at all costs, even if that means hurting a little bit of feelings and pulling a match. You need to make it up to those wrestlers in any way possible as well, by the way. You need to book them again, put them out first, um, offer them something else, be sure you still get them their money. and then make sure you fix whatever problem caused you to be perfect. Uh, you know, running long in the first place. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So that one is so so important to me, guys. Um, this has been a great episode to me. I absolutely loved it. So yeah. I mean, putting on an event is not easy. I have never, and currently at this moment, still never want to put on the hat of running a wrestling event. That's not really in my uh, in in my wheelhouse. But uh, I have all these opinions on it. I got a lot of these opinions also from speaking with Bob Evans and uh, I really appreciate his input on those. Um, I am eternally grateful for the promoters that do exist to give me a platform to express my artwork, which is what pro wrestling really is. Wrestlers, you never ever forget that. These people are giving you the platform to express yourself and in return, you need to give them a worthy performance and get them invested in you as a valuable team member. Yeah, I love it. Guys, Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Great episode. Head on over to YouTube at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Check out, we got some cool content on there and more coming every single week. 
Check us out on Facebook at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. All your social medias, Instagram, all that good stuff. Look at the links in the description of this podcast. I'm going to put all those links to Bob Evans and Thomas Williams and uh, to Strong Style itself. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.